Welcome to Rooting For You, a seasonal gardening podcast for non-experts. I'm Tess and I know nothing. And I'm Elise and I know some things. Each week we'll chat about one gardening topic and then discuss the effort reward payoff by asking, is the juice worth the squeeze? Just a heads up, there might be a bit of swearing in this episode. You've been warned. Hello, as you'll know, we are in Melbourne and still in lockdown, so recording remotely. Please don't mind any issues with the recording quality and thank you for bearing with us. To all of our listeners also in lockdown, we hope you're finding lots of lovely things to do in the garden to help you get by. On to today's episode, mash, roast, jacket, boiled, fried, salad, hash, gratin, gnocchi, Anything I've missed, Elise? I mean, probably. Today, we are talking about potatoes. Now, we've had a number of requests for an episode on potatoes, so I just know some of you are going to be just as excited as me about this topic today. Potatoes are on my spring garden crop list, so we better get stuck into it. Elise, tell us about growing potatoes. Well, we've spoken so much about building confidence in the garden for beginners this spring, and that's really the approach we're taking in your garden and probably most of our listeners as well. And potatoes are as close to a sure thing as we're ever going to get in the veggie patch. So you can just tell that I'm busting at the seams to tell you all how to do this. Wow. Close to a sure thing as you can think of a topic. I mean, are we in black thumbs of death territory now if you don't get it right? I was a bit scared you'd say that when I uh, when I dropped that line earlier. I thought, oh, goodness, someone's going to have stuffed up the potatoes and they're going to be thinking, if I can't do that, I can't do anything. So, look, there are no sure things in the garden, but, 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 but we're getting as close as we can. So okay. let's just leave it at that. And if you have stuffed up potatoes before, well, hopefully after today's discussion, you can kind of work out where you went wrong. Fantastic. So... Potatoes are also my favourite thing to harvest in the garden, like absolute number one favourite thing because it's like a kid's treasure hunt with a guaranteed reward and that is potatoes. And you kind of – you know that your harvest is there under the ground but you can't actually see it yet and then you start digging it up and there's all these little gems of gold and it's like, are they big, are they small, how's it all going? It's so, so exciting. So, you know, in a few months you guys will get that joy too. So shall I just crack on and tell you exactly how we're going to do it? Yeah, let's start at the start. (laughs) The first thing we need to discuss is when are we going to grow our potatoes? When are we going to plant our potatoes? And that is in most of the cooler climates currently. So we're talking kind of end of winter, start of spring is the time to, and kind of throughout spring is the time to plant your potatoes. They also do best in cooler climates. So Tess, you and I in Victoria, Australia, it's actually perfect potato growing weather. So as I said, all of you people in the tropics who are growing mangoes and fun things like that, uh, you could still grow potatoes, but they're definitely kind of better suited to, to the cooler climates. So I'll take that as a win. Yeah, great news for us. Absolutely. Now, what exactly are we going to plant? We will not be growing our potatoes from seeds. We will be growing from sprouting tubers. Does that sound like anything you understand at all? Not, (laughs) no, not really. What I've immediately jumped to perhaps though is that sometimes if you leave a potato too long 
in the cupboard and it goes a bit funky. Yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about the old funky potato. So it's basically an old potato which gets those little eyes on them and then shoots. Is that Mm. what you're thinking of in the pantry? Yeah, that is exactly how we grow a potato. We grow a potato from an old potato, formerly known as a sprouting tuber. So it's kind of the same as when we did the garlic episode, how we grow, you know, a bulb of garlic from a clove of garlic. Mm. This, with potatoes, we might grow, I don't know, 10 potatoes from a single potato. So we just multiply that bad boy. Oh, how cool is that? Yeah, it is. It's really fun. And as I said, you've, yeah, you get one and then you get 10. It's, it's bang for your buck. But here's the thing I'm going to say is, I think you're going to ask me this test, so I'm going to get in first. Can you grow those potatoes in your pantry that have sprouted? Can you just put them in the garden and grow them? My answer is yes, technically you can. Should you as a beginner garden? Gardener, absolutely not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Where are we getting our funky potatoes from then? What we need to do is we need to buy what's called certified seed potatoes. And these are exactly the same as the potatoes you might be eating or the potatoes in your pantry, but they've actually been tested to ensure they're disease-free. Oh. So potatoes, as easy as they are to grow, they're actually really susceptible to a lot of issues. And the way we can just guarantee that that's not going to be a problem in our garden is to grow and buy the certified seed potatoes. So let someone else do the work to make sure these bad boys are good to go and we don't introduce anything into our veggie patch that we don't want. Where do we get the certified seed potatoes from? Any gardening supply website or nursery will have them in kind of sacks of about a kilo. It might be like six, eight potatoes in there for a kilo. There are websites that just sell seed certified seed potatoes Or again, you know, the seed collection have them. Yeah, most gardening supply places are going to have them just because everyone loves growing potatoes and, you know, seed potatoes just make life so much easier. And we don't want to be kind of spreading around or setting in the environment these kind of pests and diseases that potatoes can carry for everyone, not just for our own garden, if that Mm -hmm. makes any sense. It's kind of a bigger picture as well. And the good thing about this is we can grow so many fun varieties that, you know, you can't necessarily buy at the supermarket or the grocer. So, Mm. you know, this is one of the favorite, my favorite things about growing things. Options available to you are so much more extensive. My favorite are purple potatoes. I don't know what the proper name is, but these are purple skinned, but they're also purple all the way through. Like the actual flesh is purple, Mm -hmm. which is so much fun and I find they're actually got like almost more flavor than your standard white potatoes but honestly go for gold world your oyster check out the websites and read the different varieties I mean often people will pick them based on how they like to eat them so like your little list at the start little list your long list at the start of this episode when you're talking about you know roasting certain potatoes are better for roasting certain potatoes are better for mashing whatever it is you like to do with your potatoes that would be probably how I'd pick them perhaps the color is less important but (laughs) I do like the purple well the only place I'm just trying to be trying to think about it now the only time I've ever had a purple potato is at your place so it in terms of Mm. getting those crazy varieties that you can't get at supermarkets or the market wherever yeah go for gold exactly and you know how much fun is it pulling up purple treasure would you 
I'm very much jumping ahead of myself because I've got a million questions going through my head at once, mm. like where we are going to be putting them, how much space we need. But mm-hmm. the biggest burning question I have is, can we put all of the different varieties in together or should we spread them out? Mm. Yeah, it's a good question. I put all of them in together. I just whack them all in. I mean, I think the only reason you wouldn't put them all in together is if different there was like different harvesting times, like one was going to take ages and one was going to be ready really quick. But I actually think with potatoes, they kind of all are ready at the same time. So I think you can just chuck your whole your whole bonanza, your whole salad bowl in there and they'll be fine. Great. I think the only problem is, is that if you're buying them in kilo bags, you know, depending if you, unless you've got a really big garden, you might not run out of space. Yeah. If you've bought like six different varieties and you've got six kilos of seed potatoes, given that they're all going to turn into 10 potatoes, you're going to end up with a big potato patch. Let's put it like that. But swap with friends. Like you could buy two varieties and they could buy two varieties and then you swap half each and you've got four varieties. Yeah. Good one. And you don't have a whole kilo. You just have, you know. Just have half a kilo. Mm, Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Let's do that. Let's talk about where we're going to be growing them. Yes. Two choices here. In the veggie patch, in our raised garden beds, or in what's known as a potato sack. So a potato sack basically looks like Santa Claus's big sack that he carries around with presents. But instead of presents, we've got potatoes in this. So it's a really good option for smaller gardens. So like yours, Tess, I would recommend going the potato sack. The raised garden beds are going to be the best option for your potatoes and you're going to get the most harvest out of a raised garden bed. But our raised garden bed space is really precious. So the fact that we can use the potato sacks as well and just extend out the growing space, I think makes it a really good option. Mm. So the other thing with the potato sacks are we can potatoes can tolerate part shade. So we can put our potato sacks in a less sunny part of the garden or we can choose a raised garden bed that is in the less sunny part of the garden. And as I always say, save the sunniest spots for your fruiting crop. Given this is a rooting crop, it can handle the bit of shade. And in terms of the Santa's sack, just if we can mm. use that as a guide, how many of the one kilo packets of the seed potatoes are we going to put into our Santa's sack? We are going to put a kilo in. Okay. So it actually works quite well because you can buy a sack and then buy a kilo and, yeah, whack it all in together like that. And when you have the bag of seed potatoes, will they give you a guide as to how big your garden bed should be for the kilo of potatoes? Mm. For the spacing, what we're going to do is we're going to space them 20 to 30 centimetres apart and we're going to plant them 15 centimetres down. So how would that work in a, you know, like a one metre by one metre garden bed? I don't know, maybe that would be like, maybe you'd get, I'd have to do the maths on this. Someone with a mass brain is going to be like three centimetres apart, a a metre squared. Maybe like a kilo and a half is going to go into, or two kilos is going to go into a garden, a raised garden bed. Yeah, don't don't trust our maths on the fly here. (laughs) Definitely do not trust that maths of mine. But basically, thirty centimetres apart is in each direction is how we're gonna is how we're gonna plant them. So. Yeah, we pick our location, whether it be the garden bed or the sack, and then 30 centimetres apart. Now, if you're planting in a sack and you put a whole kilo in there, that is definitely not going to be 30 centimetres apart. 
But I feel like with the sack, you can just, just chuck them all in and just see what comes of it. I don't know. I'd say <laughs> I have noticed that people seem to plant them more intensively in the sack than what they do in the ground. And I just don't know. I don't really understand why that works. But I think this is one crop, again, because it's not a fruiting crop, that we can kind of just jam a few extras in there. I've got to say, this sack of yours is sounding pretty magical right about now. <laughs> I have, I mainly grow potatoes in the raised garden bed, again, because I've got such a big space, but I do have a few of the sacks going. And yeah, again, I think for, you know, because really anyone could set up a sack. You could have a sack on your balcony. Mm. They're really not that big. Like I'm talking ground space would be, I don't know, like a quarter of a metre square. 30, 30 centimetres by 30 centimetres. We'll find a picture of the uh, of the sack to put on the Instagram so that everyone can have a look at it. I think we're going to have to. And this really plays into the idea of thinking in 3D when you're gardening because the thing with the sack that I haven't mentioned is that it sits on the ground, you have the potatoes in the bottom, and then as the plant is growing, you actually extend up, like roll up the side of the sacks to kind of encourage the potatoes to grow upwards. So it is kind of that vertical gardening that we've talked about for the small spaces. I'll get into that a bit more because I can tell that that's probably Yeah, you've lost me a little bit. bit. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Well, let's go through the the motions of the growing and then we'll come back to the the sack roll-up. Sounds good. So we've got our spot in the garden and we've got our potatoes that we're going to grow. Now, what exactly are we going to plant them in? We need some soil. The most important thing about growing potatoes is the soil must drain well because we don't want the potatoes to rot in the ground. So if your Mm -hmm. soil is boggy or waterlogged, your potatoes will actually rot before they grow more potatoes. So that is a disaster. This is one of the reasons why I love growing them in raised garden beds or the potato sacks because these are off the ground. You're not going to have that boggy, waterlogged issue. So... Yes, I don't grow in the I – I mean, I grow some in the sacks, but mostly I grow them in the raised garden beds and I just find time and time again there's just no problem. The few times I've tried to grow them directly in the ground, I haven't had anywhere near as big of a crop. So obviously you can grow potatoes in the ground, but it wouldn't be my preferred option. The way we ensure that this soil drains well, aside from actually having the raised aspect, is mixing in a lot of straw – autumn leaves, compost, rotted manure, animal shit. By mixing all those things into our soil, we're keeping it really loose. Mm. And remember when we talked about garlic and we talked about how we want the soil to be super loose so we can form the big garlic bobs? It's exactly the same as potatoes. Mm -hmm. That friable soil. Exactly, to give those potatoes room to move and room to grow really big. If If your soil is compacted or clayey, it's going to be really hard to get a decent crop of potatoes. Straw in the garden, like I know we haven't talked about it a lot. And for me, I use it heaps because I've got the chickens. So I use straw in their house and then I use that straw on the garden. So someone like you, Tess, you probably don't have a lot of straw. But I would say if you're really keen on the potatoes, I would buy a bale of straw Mm -hmm. to use in your potato growing to mix through your soil. And then later when we talk about encouraging the potatoes to grow up, that's when we'll use the soil again, the, the straw again as well. So we've got them planted in our super loose soil, 15 centimetres down, which is actually quite deep compared to you know mm. other things we've talked about planting. But again, we're trying to encourage roots. 
I want you to water these in really well when you plant them, especially when you're using straw because straw is so dry, it'll actually just suck up heaps of moisture from what you've watered. So you might water it, at least when you first plant them, a lot better or, you know, a lot more thoroughly than what you generally would just to make sure, you know, we, ha- we don't dry them out. And then after that, we're only going to water them once or twice a week and we're going to give them a really good water. You know, when I talked about the seedlings and I said like when they're young and they've got these tiny root systems, we're going to water them really often because they Mm -hmm. don't have big root systems to kind of go and find heaps of water. With the potatoes, it's not quite the same because it already has a decent root because the potato is effectively a root. So we don't need to kind of water them every day, just once or twice a week, even in the hot weather, but make it a good water. I want a good drowning when you do it. None of this little light sprinkling, okay? Just back on the planting for a second. Is there a right or a wrong way up in terms of the, which way you put the potato in? Like when we put the garlic in, we had to put it up the right way. Oh, good question. So if your potatoes have little eyes on them sticking out, you can pretty much put that in any which way. And when those eyes shoot, they'll shoot in the right direction. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they know that considering they're like under the ground in the dark, but apparently they know it. But if your potatoes, and this will often happen when you've purchased them, have shoots already. So the eyes have actually shot out and you've got little like arms and legs coming off your potato. You absolutely want to plant them with those arms and legs shooting upwards. Okay. So yes, good point. And wherever you, in the same way that if you had the pantry potatoes shooting, you would see that they would actually all naturally shoot upwards. That's what we're going to do with the ones we plant as well. Yeah, no, good. Very good question. And it doesn't matter when you plant them if they have shoots or if they don't have shoots. This is no, like, it's no big deal either way. Just get them in. So before I move on to the maintenance phase of the potato growing, do we have any more questions about the actual planting? I don't have any questions about the planting. I'm pretty excited about this because I just simply cannot visualize how one potato is going to grow into many potatoes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is where it gets fun. So you plant them in and then obviously you can't see anything, okay, because they're under the ground. And then after a couple of weeks and literally, you know, maybe even one week or two weeks, we'll see little plants coming up. And this actually, surprisingly, looks a bit like basil plants coming up. Oh, So this is the top of the potato. I don't want anyone to actually think this is basil because the potato leaves are actually highly poisonous. So we don't want to be picking them for our salad. They don't look enough like basil. That's going to be a confusion. But, I mean, most people would probably have never seen potato plants or if they did, they wouldn't have even realised that it was potatoes under the ground. But unlike some of the other crops that we've spoken about where you can eat the leaves as well, the potato is not one of them. Exactly. This is not on the eating list. This is the absolute no-no list. And even animals shouldn't eat them, but you'll find that most of them aren't interested in it. So we see the little plants coming up and then they will actually grow up to about 30 centimetres and each plant, so to speak, will be coming from one potato under the ground. What we want to do then is actually mulch around these potato plants coming up. So the higher the potato plant grows, the more we want to mulch around it because it's off this potato shoot, for want of a better word, that the new potatoes grow. 
So by continuing to cover around the stem, we're actually encouraging more potatoes to grow upwards. Like if you don't mulch your potatoes ever versus you mulch them continuously as they're growing, you will get, you know, I don't know, I'm making this up, but I'm going to say double the harvest. And when we're talking about mulching, if I can just break it down into steps to help myself visualize it, we've got mm. the sprouty bit coming up. If I just hold the sprouty bit together and mulch, put my straw just around the sprouty up in a little circle, is that mm. what we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. It is a bit difficult. I take your point. Like what I often do is just kind of sprinkle the straw over the top and then it kind of covers all the the shooty uppies and then I grab the shooty uppies and kind of shake the straw off them to encourage them okay, sure. to kind of keep going up. But honestly, they're pretty hardy, the old potato plants. So even if you did kind of cover them with straw, they will find their way up. Like don't you worry about them. Don't be don't be precious, just get it around. With the bag, it actually is a little bit difficult because you've got so many shooty uppies coming out of the one bag that to shove the straw around can be more difficult. So with the bag, I would not let the plant get particularly tall before you add the straw. Because if we're adding the straw and the plant is like 30 centimetres tall, that's actually a lot of plant to kind of hold and manoeuvre the straw around. Whereas if just the top of the plant is coming up and then we add a really thin layer of straw, the plant can continue to kind of push through that thin layer of straw. So Mm -hmm. you're better off just adding thin layers often rather than trying to do one big mulch. Okay. Having said that, because I kind of do all my gardening in one day of the week, I often don't do the thin layering and kind of have to dump all of it on top and massage the plants through it. But, you know, in an ideal world, especially if you're growing in the bags, I would do it, you know, often. So we want to keep the plants covered. And what you'll see if you don't do this is you'll actually see potatoes forming on top of the garden bed. We don't want potatoes forming on top of the garden bed because then the plant's going to stop producing potatoes and also the ones on the top are going to turn green. Have you ever seen green potatoes? Mm, like they, These, they like look underripe or something? They look underripe, but actually it's the complete opposite. They've been exposed to light and they've developed this toxin that actually makes them inedible. So uh, PSA, guys, don't eat green potatoes. They are not good for you and they will give you a serious gut ache. So by continuing to mulch, not only are we encouraging the plant to keep growing, we're blocking out the light, which means that when we harvest our potatoes, there's no chance of any green potatoes in that mix. Because I'm so impatient, I just can't help myself. The potatoes growing from first potato that we put in, like out from that, or are they growing from the stem and like coming off like fruit? It's off the stems and the stems, there'll be multiple stems coming from the different eyes of the potato. Oh, okay. That's how it rolls. And that's why even though you're putting in one potato, you're not getting this like totally vertical line of potatoes coming up because there's not just the one stem. You can imagine the potato is quite big. It's got eyes all around it. They're all coming up and then potatoes are all coming off those. So they kind of spread around the whole area Mm -hmm. surrounding Mm -hmm. the potato. So this is why I really like having, again, the ballast straw because we can use some of the ballast straw to mix in our soil when we plant our potatoes, but then we can just use the straw to add on layers as we're going for the mulching. Having said that, straw being probably the preferred option, you can really use anything. Like if you had some autumn leaves left, I know we're in spring now, so probably don't, but autumn leaves, if you had chip mulch, bark mulch, like really anything, I just mm-hmm. want to continue to cover 
that plant, continue to keep the light out, continue to create a loose, friable growing medium. So that's the most important thing. You're going to keep doing this layered mulching approach for up to four months. So it's probably going to take four months for your potatoes from when you harvest them to when you, sorry, to when you plant them to when you harvest them. Mm-hmm. How you're going to know that your potatoes are ready is these green tops, these shooty uppies are going to start dying back. They're going to dry oh, out. Okay. They're going to do yellow. They're going to wither. When they start doing that, that is the message to you as the gardener. And trust me, when it happens, you it's very clear. That is the time to harvest. So at this point, what we do is we get those gardening gloves on and we start rifling through the soil and finding potatoes. So you're going to have to go down quite deep because remember that original potato was planted 15 centimetres and now we've layered heaps of mulch on top of it. Mm -hmm. So we're going to need to get down to get them all. I wouldn't recommend using a fork or a spade or anything because what you'll end up doing is just shoving it straight in the potato and then you've damaged your potato Mm. so we don't want to do that so I find the hands are the easiest and if you've grown the potatoes in a really loose and friable soil that's actually quite easy and it's so much fun like this is your this is your treasure treasure hunt (laughs) opportunity if you've grown them in the Santa sack bags what some of them have is a little flap at the bottom Oh, it's like a little window. So what you can do along the process of the four months, so before your four months is up and you're harvesting them, you can actually open this little flap and take some of the potatoes out. So a little sneaky early harvest Hmm. because the potatoes at the bottom will form potatoes first. So they're going to be the biggest ones and the most mature ones. So I quite like that tip, but remember, if you remove them early, then you're not getting them at their full size. So if a big potato harvest is what you're after, don't harvest them early. But if you want a continual supply in the kitchen, harvesting them from the flap is pretty good. Is it messy when you open this flap and start pulling the potatoes out? (laughs) Yeah, I actually thought this is the first time I did it as well. I actually find it's not because the soil, I mean, if you've, you need to have watered the soil. So the moisture in it kind of like holds it together quite a bit. And I find that it's been in that bag for long enough by this point, like you're not doing this after a couple of weeks, that the soil's kind of compacted and it's kind of forms a bit of a block. But you do need to be careful when you start pulling the potatoes out that everything doesn't kind of avalanche out with you. So it is a little bit messy. Frankly, I, I don't really do it. I just I just try wait and wait. Until, mm. But, you know, the option's there. That would be – that early harvest would be what is considered a new potato. So I don't know if you ever mm-hmm. see in the market they have, like, the new potatoes. What that is is just a young potato that didn't reach its full growing potential. So there's a fun little thing that you cannot do if you're in the raised garden bed. The other thing with the raised garden bed is this mulch layering. If you've got soil right up to the top of the edge of your raised garden bed, which I think you probably do, Tess, that layering gets a bit difficult. Mm. So another advantage of the sack. And this is why I said earlier that the sack, when we start, we roll it down. So we plant the potatoes in there 15 centimetres down and then as we continue to add the mulch in, we can roll the sides of the bag up to kind of create support for this extra mulch layer. If you're using the sack and you roll it down, 
and you're planting 15 centimeters down, how much further below the 15 centimeter should you have your soil and straw mixture? Another 15 centimeters. Okay. So you'll start with a bag that's 30 centimeters full Mm -hmm. and at its capacity, it might be 60 or 80 centimeters full. Okay. Yeah, good question. 15 centimetres worth of this light and friable mix, potatoes in, another 15 centimetres of light and friable mix on top, and then we're probably going to double that with mulch across the growing period. When it comes time to start digging them out, will all of the leaves be gone or will you need to dig around the leaves or should you cut the leaves off so that you can get closer to the potatoes? What you actually can do is grab the top of the leaves. They're kind of, yeah, these dying withering stakes and then pull them out. So in the same way you just pull out your old crop of, I don't know, sprouting broccoli or lettuces. What you might find by pulling them out is you get a couple of potatoes brought to the surface because, again, Mm. those potatoes are growing off. And it's also a good way to kind of uh, open up the chamber of where the rest of the potatoes are. So by pulling them out, it then that's telling you exactly where your potatoes are and then you would dig there. Mm. And you will probably need to just get them out to get them in the garden bed. Sorry, to get them them out of the garden bed and into the compost anyway. So that's what we'll do with the tops. But, I mean, if they're so withered that they're kind of shrinking onto the garden bed at this point, we can kind of just leave them there to compost in situ on the garden bed. But I would say most people are going to be harvesting them at the point where you're going to pull them out, collect the potatoes off the edge. Mm. But don't get me wrong, you're not going to pull them out. And as I said, it's like a chain of berries. Like you're going to need to (laughs) dig for those big potatoes. And the stalks at this point are so withered and often they'll just break as well. And if that's happening as you're pulling them out, it's not a problem at all. Don't worry. Just get the hands in there and fossick around. Mm -hmm. Now, here's an interesting thing that will happen is especially when you do it in raised garden beds, and this happens to me every season, you want to get out every potato, right? Like that's the aim. There's your Mm, harvest. So you're you're fishing around, you're digging like a dog at the park, and you're finding all these potatoes. What are the chances that you leave one in the garden bed? I mean, probably pretty high. (laughs) I'm going to say pretty high. Anyone that can find every single tiny potato in that garden bed is doing amazingly. What then happens is that potato sits in the garden bed over time, over time, over time. It gets older and it starts to sprout eyes. And lo and behold, it's in a very nice garden bed with perfect moisture. So it starts to sprout. Mm. And then what you have in a few months is another potato growing. Now, as much as I said earlier that we want to grow certified seed potatoes that are disease free, I'm not worried about these like volunteers that end up in the garden because they came from potatoes Mm -hmm. that were certified seed potatoes so you can actually find that over the course of the following kind of seasons you end up with quite a few more potatoes you're digging out of the garden that you didn't plant or you didn't intend to this does annoy me a little bit when I've got my like beautiful patch of lettuces and there's all of a sudden a potato coming up in between (laughs) and I'm like you're ruining the aesthetics here guys but so often when I've kind of ignored that plant and then dug it up at the end, like it's been a really big crop off this, you know, one volunteer potato that hung around before. So just be aware, wherever you plant potatoes, you will forever have potatoes, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. Just leave them in there and keep harvesting those extra ones that will continue to come for, you know, years to come. Hmm. Is there anything else we need to know about the harvesting process? 
I think the only thing that's really important is, again, we do not want to eat green potatoes. So the way we stop them going green is we exclude them from light. So the fridge is excluded from light because obviously when the door shut, the light is off. That's a really good option. Obviously, your fridge is often pretty full, though. The other thing you can do is get the potato bags mm. that you often see in like kitchenware stores that have that really dark lining to the bag, which means that once the potatoes are in there, they're not exposed to any light. So that is really, really, really important for the storage. If you do have any bits of green on your potatoes, just cut it off. Mm -hmm. If the whole potato is green, that's going to be problematic. We can't cut them off. If you're growing potatoes and they are green, that's not a problem. So say you buy your seed potatoes and they go green or they are green, don't worry about that. You can still use them to grow. You just can't use them to eat. Ah, okay. Yeah. So... I think that is the lowdown on potatoes. So tell me, what are your favourite ways to eat potatoes? I'm a bit of a roasted girl. I just always prefer the potatoes roasted. What the trick is to get the best roasted potato, though, is you want to twice cook them. You know, when you go to a restaurant and you hear like twice cooked potatoes or thrice cooked potatoes, <laughs> what they are, like it all sounds like a bit of a wank, but they're actually onto something. It does create the best potato. What you want to do at home is you either want to steam or boil your potatoes first, mm-hmm. not to the point that they're fully cooked, but just enough that they're kind of softening, maybe, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Then you coat them in oil, coat them in salt and get them in the oven and roast them. And what that does is it gives you that beautiful fluffy inside Mm. to your potatoes and then crispy, crunchy, beautiful roasted outside to the potatoes. So that's how you nail a potato. Twice cook it with steaming or boiling first. Mm, Delicious. So the big question, is the juice worth the squeeze? This is where we look at the effort-reward ratio of today's topic. The categories are superstar, high effort, high reward. Completing this will make you feel like an absolute rock star. Best on ground, low effort, high reward. Quick wins and fill-ins, low effort, low reward. And finally, the wooden spoon, high effort, but not much reward. So tell me, Tess, now that I've given you all the dirty details on the old potato, are you sold? Will you be planting them? And what is your thoughts on the effort to reward ratio? I will definitely be putting potatoes in this spring. I think that the putting them in the sack sounds like the best option for me. That sounds quite neat to keep them away from my bed. And I have limited space, so... To the extent that I can increase my growing space with the sack, that is just music to my ears. I would 100% recommend anyone with your size garden or smaller. The sack is the way to go. I mean, you can sit on a driveway, you can sit it on a deck, you can just sit it under a tree almost as long as it still gets some sun. Like it's just such a versatile way to add an extra growing space. And if you get, you know, six, eight kilos of potatoes from that sack like that is huge bang for your buck as far as efficiency space in the garden and the overall reward a hundred percent i am a little bit worried about the harvesting that sounds like although you're selling it as a fun treasure hunt it does sound like a little bit hard work 
<laughs> nah, it's so much fun. I promise you. Even like Ellen, my sister, I had her in the garden and she was helping me with some stuff and she wasn't overly thrilled about it. And I said, look, I'm going to give you the fun job. And she's looking at me like, yeah, sure, there's no fun jobs here. <laughs> so I gave her the potato harvesting job and she was a pig in shit. And at the end of it, she was like, nah, that was fun. I was like, isn't it just so satisfying? She's like, yeah, no, I loved it. So until you've experienced the joy of a potato harvest, please tell us on Instagram, is everyone else sold on the magic of the potato treasure hunt or is this just my little little thing in the garden? A little quirk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I reckon um, it's best on ground for me. Oh, 100% best on ground for me. It couldn't be more of a best on ground. And, you know, the effort that you put in with that little mulching, it's so minimal compared to what the end result is. So I think mm. absolutely if there's only a couple of things you grow, make it make it a potato. Rooting for You is hosted by Elise and Tess, artwork by Lauren Janine. You can find us on Instagram at Rooting for You Pod or email rootingforyou at elisealexandra.com. And remember, we are rooting for you.